Hello, my name is Delmer Eldred, and I want to welcome you to a conversation with Lee Finna. She is the director of the Center for Education at the Washington Policy Center. And Lee, I just want to thank you for joining me uh, again today. It's great to talk to you. It's terrific to be with you again, Del. I really appreciate it. And you have been, for a long time, you've been very active in wanting parents to be able to have a choice in the type of education that they desire for their children. And now in the last four years, school choice has been on the rise across the United States. Can you give us an update? I sure can. Okay, what has happened is that the COVID school shutdowns told parents, gave parents a very sober message that when, uh, when uh, you know, the, the chips were down, the public school system was not going to educate their children. And so as out of that uh, bad experience, the parents across the country have been demanding that their legislators pass laws to give them school choice. And school choice is the idea that the public uh, treasure that the, that the that the state provides individual families between four and eight thousand dollars in an account for the purpose of educating their children, and this idea has been around for a long time since the 1950s. It was an idea first uh, that, that Milton Friedman, the famous economist, came up with. He said the way to improve public education is to pass school choice so that public education has competition. And that will raise, that will lift all boats. Uh, and, and it's taken, because of the power of the entrenched interest in the public schools, it's taken this long to get to a moment where school choice is finally being accepted by the people of the United States. And so since uh, the COVID school shutdowns, there have been 10 states that have passed universal school choice, making every student in their state eligible. These 10 states are West Virginia, Arizona, Iowa, Utah, Arkansas, Florida, Indiana, Oklahoma, Ohio, North and North Carolina. This means that nearly one in five children in the country now live in a state with universal school choice. Now, this is not a, a, a controversial idea in the enlightened democracies around the world that where parents already see school choice, the, the, the ability to send their child to private school if their public school doesn't work out, where, where European and Asian and Australian parents all have access to school choice. And you'd be surprised to hear that what large numbers of Australians, for example, 25% of Australians have send their children to private schools with the aid of the public uh, dollar. And Belgium, 58%, Denmark, 11%, France, 16%, the Netherlands, 76%, South Korea, 21%, and the United Kingdom, 30%. So this is a good idea. It allows for the public system to still operate and for people that are happy to send their kids to the local assigned public schools, they'll still have their traditional public school available to them. And that school system will get increased dollars every year. There is no threat to the public school system by school choice. It, it's a complementary system. It just gives parents an option if the standardized model of the public school system doesn't work well for their individual child. And it's just 
a very open and enlightened idea. And it's here. It's here in the country now. And uh, I am very excited. There, the research shows there have been many studies uh, examining the numbers to see if school choice actually improves out, outcomes for in learning for students. And they and the, the research unequivocally shows that this is true. It is better for students. Uh, and it's also uh, provides a competition for traditional public schools to improve. And there's studies showing that. So what's not to like about school choice? It's it's a very positive thing. It's also cheaper for the public because, as you know, here in Washington, we spend from all public resources $19,000 per student on average statewide in our public in our traditional public schools. School choice would provide a, a lesser amount. And in Washington, we could easily provide twelve dollars to $13,000 to families so they could send their children to private schools. And uh, that would go a long way towards paying private school tuition. I looked up the numbers this morning for you, Dell, and I found that the average private school tuition for elementary schools in Washington state is $13,500. And the average school tuition for high schools, private high schools, is $15,500. So if, if uh, the state of Washington were to pass a school choice bill giving families $13,000 in an education savings account to pay private school tuition, that would make it possible for many families to afford. And it would give, it would, it would give a real boost to the uh, options available to families, uh, especially if their child is not being served well by the local public school. Okay. Well, Lee, I'm talking to Lee Fenna. She is the director of the Center for Education at the Washington Policy Center. And, you know, the, the thing is with these more and more costs in the public school, and they keep hiring more and more administrators, actually they keep increasing in all aspects of education, except for the learning, the academics is decreasing. Would you say that's correct? I think that is very, very true, especially recently in the Washington public schools. So the over time, the schools have been adding non-teaching staff to payrolls at a much faster clip than teachers. And that, of course, is not focusing on the main mission of the schools, which is to instruct children in the basics of reading and math and science and history. And the, the results show that the, the, the test results for the 2023 spring administration of the state smarter balance test show, you know, as you recall, every child in Washington state has to take these tests in the spring. And the, the last administration of the test shows that it, they're really shocking. 61% of Washington state students have failed to pass minimal standards set by the state on these tests in math. 61% failed the test in math. And 49% of Washington students failed the test in English. And this is, this is terrible. These are terrible numbers. This means that the schools are not doing their basic job, even though they're getting $19,000 per student to do this job. It is not difficult to educate children to the minimum standards set by the state, but they're not doing their job. They're looking, they're doing other things. They're, they've strayed from their mission 
And the, the results show this. And this is also fueling, as you know, Dell, people are pulling their kids out of Washington state public schools. Since the 2019 COVID school shutdowns, 45,000 families have pulled their children out of the public schools and they're homeschooling or sending their kids to private school because they're not happy with what's on offer at the local public schools. So, uh, yes, the, the, the schools have kind of lost their focus. They're now talking about mental health and uh, providing free meals to all students and uh, all kinds of um, social and emotional focus on, on children, mental health. It's, it's not what the schools are for now. And, and I'm concerned about it because it's, it's so difficult to get the schools back on track. <laughs> the traditional public schools, they, they, they aren't responsive to the demands of parents. Parents leave and they don't change what they do. Uh, they just continue down their sort of monopoly minded path. They, because they're not forced by the system we have to improve or to be responsive to parent needs and demands. Well, well, you know, you think uh, the Office of State Public Instruction needs to start looking and seeing what they're doing wrong rather than criticize the option of school choice. You know, that's, that's, it, it's their fault that that uh, school choice is growing the way it is. So, Well... I think, you know, I like the way you describe that. It's their fault that they kept the schools closed for nearly two years. The longest we were, our schools in Washington were closed for some of the longest period of time, you know, longer than 46 other states in the nation. Okay. We were the 47th state to reopen our schools to uh, instruction, to in-person instruction. And, And that's, that's just a disgrace, right? So, so it is the fault of the leaders of our state that they did this to our children. And then they didn't own their responsibility for this by calling on the schools to use the money they got from the federal government to help students catch up in their learning by providing individual tutoring help to students. So have you heard the state superintendent of public instruction call for individual tutoring for the ch- tutoring for the children? No, you haven't. In fact, uh, you know, he 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 claims everything is copacetic. Everything's going well. He takes these 61 percent of failing uh, students on the math test and says that he calls that accelerating in their recovery because 62 uh, percent failed before. Now it's 61 percent. That's what he does. So that's just that's just not responsible leadership. And that's why parents are frustrated and upset and demanding school choice. Well, I'm talking with uh, Liv Finney. She's the director of the Center for Education at the Washington Policy Center. And Liv, you know, the whole thing is, is that education, especially in the academics, is the door that opens to the future for our youth, you know. And this is what, this is what we depend on, is that we have an educated youth to lead this country. And, you know, the, uh, where they've neglected to bring in, you know, I mean, the history, the the math, the reading, the science, the things that need to be learned for for the future of this country, basically. Well, you know, they, we have it's so true. So we compete on these international tests in math and reading, and since the COVID school shutdown, we've always done kind of 
poorly on these compete on these tests as compared to other countries like yeah you know uh, china and south korea and uh, uh canada and uh finland yeah okay we we don't do well co in, compared to these tests and now our scores are even lower in math particularly and so and math of course is the gateway to uh developing new technologies to you know to making airplanes to making computers to doing all the interesting things that uh, are possible with when you have the knowledge of math under your belt. So uh, that is a very serious matter. And our leaders should be saying we have an emer education emergency on our hands caused by the COVID school shutdowns and we need to fix it. And so, you know, this is like a sober lesson for parents. They, they see that the system is really not, does not really care about the futures of their individual children and that they need to take control over the education of their children themselves. And that is actually a positive thing because now families realize they have to shoulder this burden on their own. And the way they do that is by homeschooling or sending their kids to private school or getting access to school choice dollars. And so we're seeing a revolution now in the making uh, because I'll tell you in 20 years, this, the, public, the, the way we educate our children will be very, very different because of what's been unleashed after the COVID school shutdowns in, in the way of school choice. I mean, this isn't stopping, um, Dell. I, I mentioned these 10 states, but th this is continuing now in 2024. I've been following on, on X, the, the former uh, Twitter, uh, what's happening in other states and the states of Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, uh, Tennessee, and possibly Texas will, may pass universal school choice this year. So it is a widespread movement. And uh, I'm amazed that the newspapers aren't writing more about it because it is, it's going to lead to a, it's a flourishing of education options, new types of schools. I'm already seeing talk of these, um, these pandemic learning pods that, that, that people created uh, in, during the pandemic to educate their children. Now they're creating small micro schools out of that experience using these school choice dollars, particularly in Arizona. This is like taking off in Arizona. Uh, all these individual families that got together to create these little learning pods now, and they hired a teacher to teach their kids, uh, friends, you know, just small groups. And they create, and now they're creating private schools out of that. And then, of course, all the creative ways that people can teach their children are coming to the fore, like they're creating forest schools, classical learning schools, schools focusing on, on, on different subjects and different themes. And it's super exciting because our American people are very inventive and creative. And now by their taking control over the education of the children, you're going to see excellence flourish instead of this widespread mediocrity that the traditional public school gives us we're going to see uh, you know an uncapping of the of the lid on the creativity in educating children and it's to me it's super exciting and wonderful because we all were made to sit in these classes in these public school system and and uh, that's going to change we're going to have much more exciting learning environments for children in the future well, you know, and uh, what I, one thing that amazes me is that uh, Oregon is putting school choice amendment on the ballot in November, and uh, it, it it has 
pretty much the comments on it are pretty positive that it, uh, that's uh, going to be a pretty popular item there. So. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. There's a woman named Donna Kreitzberg who's behind that. She's a retired attorney, and I very much admire her effort there. And I'm happy to hear that it's got enough signatures to get on the ballot. That's tremendous news. And I, I'm also hearing of an effort that might be launched here in Washington State by the the organization Let's Go Washington that's led by Brian Haywood, who has just delivered six initiatives on different topics to the state legislature, as you have heard, you know, on police pursuit, on repealing the capital gains tax, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he's talking about putting a school choice initiative on the ballot this November here in Washington. So we'll see if that goes forward, but it's super exciting. We're, you know, even here in Washington and Oregon, which are strong union states, you know, even members of the union see the, 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 the wisdom of offering parents access to alternative options for the education of their children because they care about their children more than anything else, of course. Well, you know, the, uh, I mean, you, last year you testified at the Washington legislature and you brought up, you know, every valid point that is reasonable why they should be considering school choice. And, you know, the thing is, is that here we are in a legislative session again, and can you, uh, What's the best way for people to get involved and put a little pressure on the legislature if they want school choice to uh, maybe move the ball forward a little more? Well, there's well, the obviously the, the, the logical thing to do is to contact your state representative or your state senator and tell them you want this. Uh, that's that you want school choice. There were two bills introduced uh in the session last year, uh, House Bill 1615 by uh, Representative Carolyn Eslick uh, uh, from Sultan and House Bill 1093 introduced by Representative Jim Walsh from Aberdeen, which would offer $11,000 and $12,000 per student, respectively, each bill to cover the cost of private education. Those are two bills I have not seen reintroduced in the current legislative session. Those should be reintroduced and put uh, given a hearing before the House Education Committee. Um, and that would be one way to uh, ask for school choice. Um, and another way would be to get involved with the Let's Go Washington and help them put the school choice initiative on the ballot and just go around the state legislature because it, the state legislature is controlled now by opponents of school choice. Uh, the, so that's why the legislative approach is, is problematic right now. But that may change. We're having an election in the fall. Who knows? Yeah, well, you know, I really believe, and thanks to you and a lot of other people that are working toward it, is this school choice is getting closer. And I think the benefits that it's going to be for society at whole is going to be uh, very well received. And, you know, Liv, I just really want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I think that's uh, just wonderful to talk about school choice. I could talk about school choice until, you know, my hair turns blue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is so exciting. Just think of just think about it. If, if you have a child with special needs who needs who needs a special type of uh, behavioral 
therapy, you can find a school that teaches that, you know, uh, if you need, if you have a child who's really excited about learning about computers, you could send him to a school that or send him or her to a school that, that focuses on that. I mean, this is like, there's no end to the imagination that, that, uh, you know, that, that could lead to great innovations in um, education and school choice is the avenue. And it's just just an open-minded attitude towards getting at, uh, you know, expanding the learning and imagination of our children so that they can flourish in the future and so we can build a great country, you know. And, and um, I just I just think it's amazing that it's come here so fast, you know, Dell. I, I wasn't – I did not expect this to be on deck like it is right now so fast. But it's, it's sweeping the country. It is – uh, on top of everybody, you know, you should hear the governors speaking, proudly speaking. Uh, Ron DeSantis said the first thing he said in his debate this week, uh, debating uh, Governor Haley, he said, I passed a universal school choice bill. I stood up to the teachers union in my state and I'm proud of it. That is fantastic to have <laughs> leaders like that say things like that, you know, so yeah. I'm very excited. Well, Liv, I just really want to thank you for taking time and and have this conversation today. I think it's really important to get people updated on what is going on for the advance to, uh, the you know, educate the youth. And I just really thank you for your time today. We've been talking with Liv Finney. She is the director for the Center of Education at the Washington Policy Center. And thank you, Liv. Thank you very much, Dell. I really appreciate it.